Hey, this is Romancing the Zone, a podcast about a podcast about boys playing tabletop games. I'm Mel Bailey. I'm Brittany Bailey. And I'm Ann Kern. Let's roll. Uh, 19. Yes. <laughs> all right, so here we all are at the graveyard. I hope you all brought your own booze. Is Michael still here? I mean, the light's on in his cabin. If somebody wants to get up and check, I'm sure I'm sure you could find out if he wants to come have a s'more or something. I'll for sure bother him. Um, I have a flask of whiskey and ginger. Ooh, prepared. Mm-hmm. I got vodka. I have some cookies. That's that's all I have Ooh, to offer. great. And brought <laughs> snacks. They're very good cookies. Snacks on snacks. What kind? They're, they are chocolate chip, but they are, they are special uh, evil secret ingredient chocolate chip, like, which like I will not reveal. Like special wink? Or no, 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 no! They're okay. not. Al- what are they? Alcoholic? You think alcoholic? they're weed cookies? They're not. Weed I was cookies. hoping. <laughs> okay, they are addictive, but they do not contain any addictive, actual addictive substances. Sorry, I'm still giggling over alcoholic cookies. So. <laughs> I don't know. Listen, I'm straight edge. I'm the straight edge one. I, I don't know about Aww. this fun stuff. Listen, we giggle about alcoholic cookies, but you can totally make sugar cookies. I've done it before. I do it for St. Patrick's Day. Um, you can make sugar cookies with Bailey's, and then I brush the tops of them with Bailey's and, and sugar sprinkles. Um, Listen, I everybody know. get at me. I got you covered. <laughs> this is now a baking podcast. Right. Uh, welcome to our baking show. I like baking in the graveyard. podcast changes every week. You never know. Every week it's a new show. <laughs> That's why you got to keep tuning in. Well, first of all, how dare you make those cookies and never send them to me? Second. Sorry about it. Should we start talking about the show? Yeah, let's okay. get into it. They straight up get into it. There's like no preamble, nothing. Absolutely. Yeah, they just jump right in. Right. So Errol's here getting some more information from Abigail. And we learn so much in these first couple of minutes. Mm-hmm. We learn about this deal that is happening between um, the Mathis family, the Blackwells, and the workers, essentially, of Dry River here. That they're trying to incorporate, essentially, the businesses, these these mines in this town. And that this is the catalyst for what has happened tonight in somebody killing Jeremiah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Although we, we don't we don't learn who whose interests at this point this might be contrary to. Because mm-hmm. it seems like everybody in town really wants this and everybody's ready right. to collaborate on it. And that's what they end up getting into later, which we can delve into a little bit now because presumably everybody listening to this has listened to the episode because yeah it sounds like it's a good deal for everybody here in dry river so whoever's trying to fuck this up we probably have to look outside of our immediate surroundings yeah and we also confirm that it's it's almost certainly not personal in any way because absolutely she also confirms that dylan is well liked that Jeremiah Blackwell, the victim, was well-liked, that maybe the Blackwell family themselves are not super popular, but that he at least was was not someone that would seem an obvious target to be murdered. Yeah, and that's the information that Gus gets from Marie, who one of you mentioned last week is the other, this mm-hmm. other woman at the bar, Marie Jacobs, mm-hmm. who I think they said runs the, the store, like the, the, runs the, the depot, Home Depot. Yeah. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> I just see her there in her little orange um She's got apron, that bib. Ready to help. That's the one. Big yeah. little smile. <laughs> you grab one of those buckets to walk around the store? Yes. She just has one with her all the time. It's her purse. I love that. We are painting a beautiful picture here. But absolutely, um, from Marie, it we get this impression that 
Jeremiah, Dylan, and Anne were really town darlings. They all liked each other. Everybody liked them. There, There's no obvious answer here. Not immediately, right. anyway. Mm-hmm. I was surprised to find out that they had all kind of grown up together as besties. Yeah. Just with that previous setup of this is Hatfields and McCoys, this is kind of families against each other. Like That's not yeah. the picture that is painted here. And so I don't know if that was kind of me assuming something or... I don't know. If it's just, you know, kids are going to be friends, it doesn't matter. Right. Because I guess to me, I kept reading it as it's a little bit family versus family, but not in an actually in any sort of genuine malicious way. Just a little more like, you know, we'll keep to ours, you keep to yours, but no real malice. But I don't know. Uh, I like the continued quest for Errol and his root beer, that it actually, it happened, (laughs) it was coming at him. And then he fumbled the role. <laughs> yeah. He finally got some backup here. Some oh. Somebody besides Gus was looking at Oh, it's Marie. Yeah. He still didn't get it. His hopeless quest to, <laughs> to quench his thirst. The, I feel like dust is going to end when Errol finally gets to drink that sweet, sweet root beer. I'm really hoping so. That's why it's called dust, you know? It's, his mouth is so dry. Right? He just really That's needs what, that, uh. that root beer. That That's what Brittany me. said last time. I think you girls are on to something here. <laughs> In the meantime, back Look. on track. And we find out Anne is human. I was not expecting that. That that was interesting, yeah. Especially with them being twins. Right. There are a couple questions I have here. Like, there's a couple <laughs> things I'm a little confused about when it comes to Anne and Darren specifically. I mean, Did you a... call him Darren? <laughs> I sure did. <laughs> I wasn't sure whether to call you out on that. Sorry. <laughs> No, you're totally fine. That's his new 90s name. I guess Dylan is a very 90s name, too. Um, so, Dylan. And this comes up later, but it was odd to me. They they say Anne still lives with Abigail because she's young, but then Dylan has a house. Uh-huh. That was confusing to me. No, I picked up on that, too, and I was like, hmm. Okay, good. It wasn't just me because, yeah, I was like, they're twins. Why aren't right. they the same age? And I didn't know if it was like Usually twins a guy-girl thing. Like, oh, he's a guy. But then and I was maybe, like, yeah. but it's Trav, and I feel like he's very aware of that. So I don't know if just some details right. got lost in the setup is what I would guess. Well, she maybe. I mean, she could be younger by a few minutes. Maybe that's enough to <laughs> make a difference in your... Uh... <laughs> now, Abigail. <laughs> or not Abigail. Shoot. <laughs> Okay, well, good. I'm glad I wasn't the only one who was a little confused by that. No, I also for sure picked up on that. But yeah, no, she's she's a... Uh, what do they call them when they're not... Fraternal. Fraternal twins. No, no, no. Sorry. <laughs> what? what do they no, call no, them no, when what? they're not furs or fangs? Oh, flesh. flesh. Oh, okay. Oh, guys, come on. <laughs> yeah, which is a little... Yeah, oh. it is a little weird. Like, cause, I mean, can it's I the say obvious really choice, quick? But... They all have flesh. Like, that should not be the defining factor of them. Yeah, but then the the other option is that you say, well, they're human, which makes it sound like the other people are not, which isn't completely accurate. But you could say or like normal or something mundane. That's gonna... I always like that one. That sounds shitty. Oh, it's good. Well, you had a, like an F name thing going yeah, on. Yeah, we I got and flesh. I couldn't even say that. <laughs> I was gonna try again. I'm not gonna. <laughs> All right, well, I'll try to think of another F word that we can call these humans. It's not. Oh, flappers. I got an F word we can call humans. <laughs> Okay, fine. They're the fleshes. Gross. <laughs> oh, Lord. Let's get the hell out of the full moon. <laughs> Please. We do meet back up with Gandhi. So everybody kind of exchanges information. I appreciate Griffin taking that moment to recap what information they have gathered. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, for what it's worth, I appreciated your yokai watch joke, Griffin. Yes, I we, got it. They're, they're heathens. We we got it. It's fine. <laughs> Griffin's secret weeaboo identity. <laughs> Not so secret weeaboo so identity. Secret. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so we meet back up with Gandhi. We all share information. It was also good because now we're starting the next beat. And we know that this one's going to be two hours. And Trav reminds us that the party can split up if they want to try to cover more ground. But luckily, Gandhi and Augustus go together. And finally, we get to go to the Sterling. I say finally. It's the second episode. <laughs> we're waiting so long. At last. Uh, did you guys pick up on the song reference they made? The crazy game of poker? Yeah. Yes. Okay. No, I did. I did not. Mel, do you know that song? It wasn't one. It was one of those where I was like, I know I know this, but it's not like one where I could like start singing along. Okay. No. I had never heard it. So I looked it up because I was like, obviously everyone's giggling about something and I don't want to work right now. Yeah. So I looked it up. (laughs) I, Anne, would get kicked out of the South, I'm sure, because I'm halfway through this song and I'm just like, I hate every second (laughs) of this right now. Um, So it's by OAR. Which stands for Of a Revolution. And in the middle of the song, they just start kind of chanting Of a Revolution. And I was like, what is happening? It's very... <laughs> it's nine minutes long. There you go. The lyrics are all over the place. I just... I want to do this. I'm sure with the look of like, what? Who? What seventh grader wrote this? Like, are you kidding me? So... And people love it. Like, yeah. clearly these guys love this song. They're all giggling about it. And on the YouTube comments, of course, everyone's like, this is the best song. I'm just like, oh, no, I can never go to the Southland. I will get just the boot. I won't drink an RC <laughs> Cola, and I'm not going to listen to Crazy Game of Poker ever again. She doesn't want your fucking so. moon pies? Get out of here with all of it. <laughs> so sorry. That was- I don't know if you're... I, well... I was going to say you're not required to like specific music in the South, but I think there have been a few songs. I was not familiar with the song, but yeah, I, there have there are certainly were a few songs that, that I think everybody knew the lyrics to and, and had to listen to incessantly whether mm-hmm. they wanted to or not. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think that is a thing. Although, you know, there are other musical genres where the bands just do some verse that's just them screaming their name over and yeah. over again. So you can't really blame that on it the South. It was just, and they did it three times. So <laughs> just really quick, if anybody's listening that, like, loves this song, don't get at me. Like, I, <laughs> I, I feel like I thought I was going to really like it. I liked the tune of it a lot. And I was like, I get why people, this would be gotcha. a really fun song to sing until... Yeah, I got to them saying their own name a bunch of times, and I was like, <laughs> "Okay, never mind." But to each their own. Well, see, my favorite Spice Girl song is the one where they all just start shouting their own Spice names over and over again. <laughs> is it Spice Up Your Life? Yeah, it's the extended edition. I also love it when Daft Punk. Um, they don't sing it themselves. They have Pharrell sing their name just over and over again. It's my favorite. <laughs> So when when are the McElroys getting a song that's just them like screaming their names over and over? Mm, probably as soon as we finish the show and record it for them. Oh. <laughs> it's it makes for a really good song. Like I said, it was one of those things that like when they said the joke, I was like, this sounds familiar, but I didn't I didn't go back and like look for it. I didn't end up mm-hmm. even doing that much. So I applaud you for going and looking it up. 
and discovering it's a song you want nothing to do with <laughs> and that you just cannot go to the south <laughs> no get that boot <laughs> so back on task now we're in the sterling which is where they're just playing the song, apparently. And not really, but I guess that's... On repeat in the background, because it's a crazy game of poker. It's a player, player piano in the it's... corner. Oh, my it's God. Just it's, song. So it's like weird. like in Westworld exactly. playing Radiohead. It's this and Jock Jams on that's the piano. That's what I mean. I would um, accept that. Because, again, tune is good. <laughs> even the description of the Sterling, Trav says it smells like money, like, in its place to, like, take a risk. And so I was like, I'm just going to be here. It's exactly what I figured was going to happen. And I'm like, good. We've made it to the Sterling. I will see you all later. This is where I'm going to stay. Yeah, they made it. They made a joke earlier again about the about whether or not things were evocative at Justin's expense this time. <laughs> it was time. good. It was funny. But this was... I, 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 will, I will give Travis credit for this description, again, being quite evocative. Yeah. Oh. I think, I think we get a really clear picture of what this place is like and how it's different from the full moon mm-hmm. which is good Absolutely. context for the story as well yeah right. it gives us a better sense of what the full moon was like and what the sterling is like and just even the differences between that to a degree the werewolf and the vampire cultures mm-hmm. because typically in movies where you have both the werewolves are usually portrayed as being rugged and down to earth and vampires are more gaudy and lavish so i like that it's still a little bit that trope but in a much more approachable much more much more accessible way yeah it's much more relatable it's it's very it's kind of like a you know blue collar versus white collar in this town i think right (laughs) but you could go to either for a bachelorette party absolutely preferably both i would think oh yeah (laughs) If you're having a bachelorette party, listen, anybody out there planning their bachelorette party for Dry River, I say do a do a pub crawl. Just go to all the places you can. Then end up at Silver Linings and get all your stuff tailored. Oh, wow. What just happened to my voice? <clears throat> that was crazy pants. <laughs> do you want to say it again? No, I think we should keep that one. <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> or just cut it all out. Oh, this is all going in the trash. <laughs> we haven't even really started recording. I just want you guys to know. <laughs> I'm just faking everybody out. But like you said earlier with uh, Trav's evocative descriptions, I just want to mention that this being the first time that Trav has played a multitude of characters, even in Taz Knights, he only had a couple NBCs to voice. Yeah. Um, I know he kind of reflects on himself later on about mm-hmm. how he's doing as far as manning different NPCs goes. And I think he's doing great. But there are moments where I feel like he just really kills it Mm -hmm. and the reason i say that is specifically because of m's line when gandy and augustus are talking to m and she talks about how you know if somebody wins at the table then nobody leaves satisfied because the winner doesn't want to come back they've already won and the losers all leave feeling like losers yeah so again doing great overall moments like that really genius yeah i agree I think he was playing in the scene. He was he was playing off of Gandhi and and Augustus really well too. Yes, particularly Gandhi, who does a little more in this scene because she gets so excited by the prospect of gambling, <laughs> even though she clearly knows absolutely nothing about what she's doing. And that ends up being a total but, ruse. Yeah. Hmm. And I kept writing it down too. I was like, "Oh, Gandhi, are you hustling?" And then I was like, "Oh no, you're just precious." I was like, "But are you?" And then yeah got the reveal later so she had me on my toes the whole time good job Clint. <laughs> really great job 
Because even Gandhi's initial reaction to the Sterling almost felt odd. Like, I would have figured that this person, who seemed quite worldly, would have seen a fancy casino before. So then the reveal later suggests that either Clint ended up making that decision, playing off of what he'd already done with Gandhi, or he knew from the start that she was going to be playing everybody. And either way, it's brilliant. Yeah, I really mm-hmm. liked the, the the mechanic they used for this section, for this poker game, which could have gotten really awkward and drawn out. It seems like if you were trying to play, you know, trying to play a poker game with dice is a little weird. Yeah. But it wound up being right. very effective to just do a straight roll, but then to leave the room for for Justin via Augustus to step in and assist. Love it. I thought that yeah. was very clever and very good on his toes thinking on Travis's part as the MC And efficient. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Certainly appreciated that. I also appreciated, I think it was Griffin constantly giggling in the background. <laughs> like, yeah. I just thought that was so cute. Like, I like when we can see them appreciating each other, see yeah. them, hear them. Yeah. And just know, like, how much fun they're I like when I'm just, like, having. watching them from the secret cameras we have set up around oh, hey. Don't let them know. I hope they're not listening. <laughs> I'm totally joking. I'm totally joking. Don't come at me. Well, now I feel like a creep. No. Um, We've just been flagged. Our show's been shut down. The FBI's knocking at my door right now. Ma'am, we heard what you just said. So now Anne and I have to finish out on our own. You're like, well, Nell was discarded away. Rightfully so. She's a fucking creep. <laughs> All oh, right. jeez. So back to the Sterling. One more time. So I have, I have a question before we move on. M, M the spectral gambler. Yeah. What is she what was she gonna do with the money when she wins? Probably donate it to charity. <laughs> oh, I thought she was gonna go to Tijuana. <laughs> with all of her ghostly possessions. All of her no, ghostly that's a possessions. Good call. We need more information on M for sure. I, I think I just have I have a lot of questions. Not questions like this is a thing that they've missed out on doing, but something that I'm curious about because yeah. of what they've discussed. I have a lot of questions about ghosts and how ghosts work and why ghosts work and what yeah, they want. I have a lot of questions about each <laughs> one of these groups. Yeah. I have questions about the vampires, about the ghosts, and the werewolves. Boys. We need this. I think so far this has been the mini arc that is most in need of a the, the Adventure Zone zone. I would agree. And I wrote this down somewhere that it's challenging because there's so much lore already Mm -hmm. surrounding these kinds of things that it's hard to say. Like, it's hard to not say, I should say, what he wants to come out of it, if that makes sense. Like, you have to set up the rules for vampires in this world. You have to set up the werewolf rules for this world. Right. Ghost rules for this world, just so we know what we're dealing with. Yeah, because they mention the immortality of a vampire, and they say that's not how this works. But then they don't go any further than that. And is... I mean, maybe that's all in the rules, and we have to, and it's on us. It, it's not. Uh, to go no, look it up. you you build okay. you build your own lore. I mean, the game is intentionally okay. open ended in that way that you can build that you can build that. And I think Travis wanted to leave it open ended. I mean, there, that's kind of a mixed bag, I think, because it can definitely lead to moments where you're sitting there thinking, "I'm not really sure how this works, and I wish that I did." But it's also an interesting mm-hmm, way yeah. to do it because aside from giving the players more room to say. I want this to work this way because I think it's more effective for the story. It also, I think, invigorates a little bit these really familiar tropey characters so that you don't just say, well, we're just going to do 
a Bram Stoker kind of vampire because it's easier. Right. Because everybody already has this touchstone right. for that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm conflicted about whether or not, <laughs> do I want them whether to have made these the decisions in advance yeah. or do I want to see them make it as they go and potentially not have these questions answered? I think that's absolutely fair to not have a preference one way or the other. But I think the only thing, the only time that that gets tricky is in a situation like this where it's hard to then know what a character's motivations may be. Like in the case with M, yeah. wanting money. I mean, and don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. Would we like to make more money? Sure, we all would. Yeah. <laughs> and Justin asked about that too, because he makes reference to what he calls the uh, the ghost dad joke, which <laughs> cracked me up. I don't know if you guys have seen that movie or not, but um, I haven't. But I know yeah, a well, million something. years ago. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I, I, so he was curious about how these things function too. And even in that case, it sounds like ghosts. Are people are aware of them, but it's not necessarily that they're so plentiful that people are immediately on the lookout for yeah. them. And that context does make it funnier that every time Augustus goes anywhere, that he does this whole long introduction for himself about I, how he's his own ghost, right? Uh, which I think is so hilarious. Nice. <laughs> he's his own ghost. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love him. Okay, what else goes on in the Sterling? I think we just need to bring up that Isabella is kind of watching everything. Isabella Slate. The right. proprietor yeah. of Sterling. And she comes up to Gandhi after yeah. the whole exchange happens, after Gandhi asks her questions. Right, she's been listening And asks in. her to ask both of them to join her next door at her house, which isn't that convenient. Yeah. So at this point, they are about to cut to Errol. But before we talk about that, we might want to mention that there are two fairly significant pieces of information that we've learned in these two establishments that Dylan was drinking alone in Mm. the full moon and Mm -hmm. for some reason suddenly got up and left Yeah, right about the time of the murder. And we don't know why. Yes. And that the same situation approximately was happening in the Sterling that Jeremiah Blackwell was there, was drinking significantly more than usual, said something about he was celebrating and then for some reason got up and left. Yeah. And he wasn't there, right, he wasn't there with anybody. And then the next thing everybody in the Sterling knew was that they, you know, everybody heard. Those who yeah. were out heard mm-hmm. Dylan shouting. And and this was minutes that elapsed, as far right. as we know. So yeah. a very short period of time between the two of whatever, them. Yeah. yeah, between them leaving and then whatever happened happening. Mm-hmm. Good point. Thank you for bringing that up. It's odd, especially what we've learned so far about Dylan and Jeremiah and Anne, but she's not in the picture right now, that you would think if they were going to go somewhere, maybe they'd have gone together. Mm-hmm. So it's an it's an mm-hmm. interesting situation for sure. Well, I was going to say, go using my assumed werewolf abilities of that Dylan has, he would have heard or sensed or something about Jeremiah, but then so she would uh, Marie. Mm-hmm. If she had mm-hmm. been there. That's true. So why wouldn't she have not run out? So Unless there went that theory. This is, where we, <laughs> this is where we need more information on these, on on the characters here. Because maybe there's something about best friend power. And that highest <laughs> abilities. You hear your best <laughs> friend You just heart. created new canon for mm-hmm. them. Listen, until we power. know, that's that's the running theory I'm going with. I'm 100% in he on He heard this. his friend's heart and was like, oh no. <laughs> And then the next thing we know. Nell, you've been reading my fan fiction. Stop it. <laughs> I know her password. <laughs> um, but so before we go to Isabella's house, uh, we hop back over to 
Chaboy Errol over on Carrion Street. He has gone to the Mathis house. And I very wisely, I like that he doesn't just let himself in. He does not. <laughs> He's a fucking gentleman. <laughs> when he isn't immediately graded, he starts letting himself in. And then he meets a character that, like, as soon as Liam started being described, I was like, is Brittany sure this isn't her boyfriend? <laughs> <laughs> He's described Listen. as being like huge and <laughs> My barrel cup tested. Runneth over. <laughs> it's scruffy. You have such riches of plenty when it comes to all of it's the so art true. that we've had so far. I do my makeup every time before I start listening, just so I feel ready. <laughs> you ready for your dream date? Liam is just so fierce. <laughs> you say, fanning your face. <laughs> I don't know. Errol's pretty good boyfriend material since we also found out that, that he has a community garden in the oh front of God. his home. Oh, my God. I know. Which right? is just the cutest. Oh my That's gosh. part of what I'm doing here, Anne. Be don't let Brittany know that I'm trying to get her heart. on eat Liam so I can have Hey. 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 Don't tell her. Oh, no. Oh, no. Got Sister my eyes on you. Just kidding. We all know I'm going for Augustus. Let's not even fucking play here. That old bastard. Just say, you'd collect them all if you could. <laughs> like I'm trying to. You got me. Welcome to Romancing the Zone. We put our ghost money where our name right. is. I, I can't feel bad about it. You know what you're getting yourself no. into, listeners. You, you know what you're getting into. Why are you surprised at this point? We're so glad you're here. I have another drink from my flask. But yeah, so we meet Liam, who has been sleeping on the couch. Like, this is where it's interesting, because it, I like the setup that, like, the Mathis family has a compound sounds not great but uh, but i get what yeah. they're saying it's like it's multiple houses <laughs> it's a multi-family on. yeah it's, it's a living situation with multiple houses i'm trying to think of what those are called a commune was the other one i had but i was like but that doesn't <laughs> that's sound still great bad either i say that sounds very culty though so, <laughs> we yeah. keep coming up with a lot of culty words i don't think that's what's happening here <laughs> but no even in that case it's um you know Anne still lives with abigail dylan's house i think is next door to abigail's house Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes, and also Abigail's brother Julian on the other oh, side. Oh, yeah. Right. So Dylan and Anne's uncle. So Liam is here with her. Right. I'm wondering if they're just extra protective of Abigail because she is human. Of, of Anne. Uh, Anne. Yep, that's the one. <laughs> See, I feel so weird just talking like about Trav. I had a terrible time <laughs> taking notes because it is really throwing me for a loop that there's a character that they have to keep saying the character's name and that it's the same I'm name sure as that would be a little jarring, yeah. It is It is a little weird. Fingers crossed someday they'll be talking about the character Nell and she's the banshee. <laughs> I hope I'm the murderer. <laughs> <laughs> I really hope I'm the murderer here, you guys. No joke. Can we talk about this for a second? I don't know if I trust Anne. I don't either. Co-host Anne. I don't. Okay. <laughs> I don't trust this Anne. I don't trust that Anne. Just kidding. I trust this Anne completely. And with ease and without ease, all y'all need to watch. <laughs> so here's why I don't trust her. Mm-hmm. So big reveal here. Again, if you haven't listened to the show, probably should do that before yeah, you yeah. listen to ours. We'll be here. Uh, so Anne and Jermaine are... Jeremiah. Jeremiah. Wow. I'm just making up names <laughs> While now. we're crossing over with what we do in the shadows now. <laughs> oh, man. Let's have a fan cast about that. Yes! That's my vampire lore. Okay. So Anne and Jeremiah were secretly married, uh-huh. which of course broke my heart because we all know what I was hoping for. I said, for. damn it, um, out loud. <laughs> I wrote, aw, damn. Why you gotta play me like that, Trav? boring and <laughs> little sad face but it's like, come on Just that kidding. was so predictable which is why i'm hoping mm-hmm. 
Because it is very predictable. Like, that's kind of... Sure. It's the whole Montague Capulet thing. Uh-huh. It did happen also with the um, Hatfields and McCoys. Like, it's just what happens. Yeah. Boo, boring. <laughs> but what if... What if? Anne is the killer because... So they got married. If my betrothed had just been murdered in the street, I certainly would not be sleeping. That's fair. Yeah, true story. That is very Like, fair. at no point would I have fallen asleep that night and gotten all sleepy-eyed and, oh, well, how can I help you? Like, no. Well, it hadn't no. been very long either. She'd I'll only known her. about it for an hour. But, I mean, you, you can give her the, a little bit of benefit of shock. But then shock she certainly is very wasn't real. in a deep sleep. I hear you on shock, and I agree that there's a possibility that that could be at play here. Um, but to move on Brittany's point... If I, like, I guess even to that point, best friend for, like, your entire life who you are so in love with, you mm-hmm. married, he gets killed in the street and nobody knows who did it. Like, even if I'm trying to play it cool and not have anybody know that I'm married to this person, I'm certainly going to be awake with my mom at the bar with, you know, over in the jailhouse. And if nothing else, even if people are, like, Keeping it, even if they're trying to protect Anne, they yeah. don't want her to whatever because she's human and she's soft. I don't know. Then <laughs> at least she is then awake and annoying the yeah. shit out of Liam, who is at their house making sure she doesn't go anywhere. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Liam doesn't seem to know what happened, which is also interesting that he was True. called in for whatever reason. Yeah. Or is usually there protecting her. We don't know. Or keeping her in, or who knows, that he's just there. Which would yeah. make it even easier for her to manipulate him then. Absolutely. To be like, well, let's go out well, here. Well, we do. Know. She certainly has. Sorry, well, you know, hey, I said, I mean, that's a lot more interesting. <laughs> I don't want to be, you know, if, if your namesake <laughs> yeah. is going to be the kind of helpless, frail chick, I don't know that anybody. I mean, sure. murderer, Who's twist murderer is much more exciting. Word. Absolutely. I, I say I say my character. It's probably. <laughs> She's the banshee. Yeah, no, take it. It is I love a, it. a complete and coincidence. And it's probably, it's probably A-N-N. That's probably the. <laughs> I love that this is being your like, you keep no. coming back to the fact of whether or not there's an E on the end of the name. And I love it. That's all I've so got going for me, really. <laughs> it's a short name. It's not very interesting. But, but she. Like, listen, this is what I've got. <laughs> she is, she has had, she has had access to the murder weapon. Exactly. Because we or a potential find this Freddy Krueger type glove, this Wolverine Freddy Krueger glove that has the silver powder on it. So we do. We get a little clarification here. The Mathises, of course, do own the silver mine. But it sounds like Liam's the only werewolf who actually works in it. Yeah. So he's the only one who has these gloves that seem very much like they would be the murder weapon here. Well, and he even goes so far to say he's never seen another pair like them. Yes. So now I think another question here is who gave him the gloves? Like, is it something he made himself or is it something that the Mathises gave to him? Because if it's something that they gave to him... There's a good chance there's more pairs out there. And it does seem like if either Liam or Anne is the murderer, they're not very good at it because they have left the murder weapon. Mm-hmm. In. I mean, they it's not bloody, which, <laughs> which but, is, but it's in plain sight, right. which seems like a, a, a mm-hmm. bad move. That seems more like a frame job than a dumb yeah. mistake. Absolutely, which is why, like, almost immediately, it was like, Liam didn't do it. It's too obvious. I'd say, Liam for sure didn't. He's a sweet baby. Right? Again, she's already... seems kind of (laughs) dumb, which is adorable for him. So I got my dumb, I got my big dumb werewolf. I love it. I've got my smart, savvy werewolf, and then I've got my Bigfoot (laughs) in another world. Brittany's on her own yokai watch. She's just collecting them. (laughs) 
I don't know what that means. Well, according to Griffin, that means you're a plebe. <laughs> For sure. But this goes uh, towards my whole uh, assumption of Anne. That she and it is now weird. It is now I that I keep saying it. Yeah. Now that as soon as he said, I was like, mm-hmm, "That's strange." But that she, because she could have taken it, absolutely taken the the gloves, mm-hmm. washed them all off of blood, but put then, them back because they're Liam's and he should have them. But then, how did the powder get back on exactly. them? I know what you're going to say. Yes, yes, yes. You do know. What she I was went say. down <laughs> into the mines and did it real quick. No, I don't know. <laughs> The mine entrance is just right outside their house. It's very like as everybody it's lives right next like door the to their Sterling. work. <laughs> <laughs> everybody gets to watch a work every day. God, morning. get me to this town. That's that's why Michael lives in that little house in the graveyard. It's right next door to God. <laughs> everybody just lives right next door to their work. Um, so so this is where I do wonder though if. My guess is the Mathises gave them to him, and there's another pair somewhere, which, again, makes Anne very culpable here. That does make sense. But then you have to come back to motivation, and that's what we don't have yet. And I think, you know, luckily this is only episode two, so we still have plenty of time to get more info as we go through these beats. But I'm, I'm totally with you. Right now, Anne, to me, is a shady character. She's, there's something, some kind of ulterior motives or something weird going on here because it does seem strange that Dylan something, was so cagey yeah. about talking because of her. Yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't mm-hmm. quite. It doesn't mm-hmm. quite fit. It doesn't quite explain what's going Absolutely on. Absolutely agree. She did also shut down poor Errol's drink request again, <laughs> the Errol Ryehouse beverage quest, because he was trying to get coffee. <laughs> oh, yeah. I think not. I mean, since he specified what it should be, I don't think it was just for her. It was for him as well. He keeps trying to get a drink, and it keeps not working this out. poor parched boy, get him a drink. I didn't even notice that Liam didn't bring him his coffee. <laughs> nope. I just figured Anne was like, I'm no, fine. He... Again, I'm just Yeah, Errol didn't get girl. it either. It's rough. Oh, sad. Beverage Sorry, Quest Errol. coming to Switch. Again, this is this is going to end when he gets a drink. Just anything at this point. Golly. There's that song that goes, son of a bitch. Yes. <laughs> pour me a drink. That's him. That's Errol's song. That's my new theme song for him. It's a good song. I really like that song. Anytime I'm driving and it comes on, I'm like, yes. It is a good song. This yes. one's fun. It makes you want to punch somebody and have some whiskey. <laughs> Nice. <laughs> or maybe that's just me all Is the time. Is it a recent song? Yeah. I'll send it to you. Okay. It's it's uh, Nathaniel, Nathaniel Whitecliffe and the <laughs> Night Sweats? Ratcliffe and the Night... Yeah. Nice. Nathaniel Ratcliffe and the Night Sweats. Good looking out. I did not have that information. <laughs> okay. So, yep. No coffee for our boy. But we're trying to piece together now who could be behind this, who could be behind this killing. And it's someone who wants chaos. Yes. It's an agent of chaos. Yeah. And Errol's got a good idea who it is. Bill Cipher. And before Griffin can start really <laughs> saying too much, Trav does his smash cut. I love and it. And brings us back over to, are we just in Isabella's house yes. now? We hop back over to Isabella's okay. house. She's brought her guests, Augustus, and... She takes them by the hand <laughs> to the basement, like we do with all your guests, Immediately really. down to the basement. So... You know, because the picture we've been painted of Isabella so far is that she really turned around like the Sterling. It sounds like she's been a really good kind of player here as far as the vampires go. Vampires had the Sterling, and it was kind of a shithole. And then Isabella showed up, and she turned it around. <laughs> yes, uh, upon the mysterious mm-hmm. disappearance of its previous owner Mysteri- and her suddenly having the deed. <laughs> so mysterious. I mean, that is quite it convenient, is convenient. Mm-hmm. though. And, and I- like living next door to the Sterling. <laughs> 
And I think, you know, honestly, any conversation that you have at a stranger's home that that begins with them taking you to the basement is probably not going to go well. <laughs> Listen, if anybody here <laughs> listens to My Favorite Murder, don't go into that basement. Stay sexy. Don't get murdered. Do not go into some stranger's basement. That's just one-on-one, you guys. But they go. They go with her. I'll say, Gandy did not listen. She does not listen to My Favorite Murder. <laughs> she doesn't. She's she not a murderino. She goes downstairs. And hey... Marcus isn't dead. He's here in a cage. In a cage. Again. Like a full on. <laughs> so this one does sound like a cage. Like it sounds like Dylan kept being, they kept describing his jail cell as a cage. This one to me seems like a yeah. cage. Mm-hmm. And again, I get the same image of whatever cage it is. It's always a half one. <laughs> and they always have to be squatted down. <laughs> What is a cage to you? I, I guess to me, know. like, they can at least stand up. Like, I feel no, like... No, None of that. Yeah, I feel like it would just be, like, a really big... Like, you've seen... I don't know. There are movies where people get put in cages yeah. all the time. Girls dance in cages. You can stand up in a cage. <laughs> Boys dance in cages. All sorts of people are free to dance in cages. Brittany, I'm tired of you telling people they can't dance in a cage. I'm not having it. Not on my show. <laughs> I'm going to tweet a picture of the cage oh, I boy. see in my head. So we, okay. so we cut to Marcus's dancer cage. And I have to say my note here, as soon as I, like, as soon as all this came to light, my just all caps note just says, damn, Isabella, you cold as ice, girl, up top. Because, like, <laughs> girl got shit done. Homegirl rolled up into town, overpowered this dude, caged him up. Got him to sign over the deed to the Sterling and has now been feeding off of him for two years. Yeah. This is, this is, it's a very inspirational business model. (laughs) (laughs) Woman in a leadership position. (laughs) She's really killing it. Absolutely. I can't even wait until her, um, oh shoot, what do you call this? Her like, yes. Her motivational speech. Getting it done. Mm -hmm. She's hashtag Isabella Slate, put it in a cage. <laughs> Isabella Slate. I just want to keep coming up with like high, high energy, high power titles for her books. She's got and her. And all of her like standing with her arms crossed. <laughs> She's got her shoulder pads on, her courage shoulders. Yes. She's going to go out here and get work done, girl. We should feel bad about this, except she does sort of vaguely confirm that Marcus was up to some real shady business, which I think we can probably conclude was right. some sort of brothel, something along those lines where he may have been abusing it, the people who were working for him. Yeah. Like, it's framed in such a way that he sounds like a piece of shit. Yeah. But it does still give us, and I'm so glad that Clint asks this, like, kind of takes a step back and really wants to focus the lens here and be like, hold on, this is getting a little seamy. And I love mm-hmm. that because this is a moral quandary. And I think this... If you are listening and kind of putting yourself in their situation, this is one of those places where you do kind of go, what would you do in this situation? And who is the villain here? You know, is he worse for doing these things that we don't know exactly Mm -hmm. what happened? Or is she worse for having this man locked up in her basement for two years? And and also, I mean, aside from it just being an interesting ethical question, as Justin points out, this is relevant to the gameplay. Yeah. Because... If they choose not to do something, they have the possibility that they're going to mark a corruption point. Yeah. Which has upsides and downsides. Certainly. Justin's ready to eat him up. 
I'll say Justin's trying to get ahead in the corruption game at this point. <laughs> well, they they don't really mention it in this specifically, but it, just as a reminder, when you mark corruption points, once you have uh, five of them, yeah. you get to choose a new move. And the moves, it is like leveling up a character. You get to do something new and cool and awesome. So he, it gives him some options. And his yeah. the Spectre moves are. are pretty radical like i can see why he wants to use them certainly well and you know and with the character of augustus specifically it goes hand in hand so much that Mm -hmm. he is fine essentially sacrificing part of his soul or what have you for more power later on in the game yeah and i mean i'm kind of you know i wouldn't normally pull for Yes, corrupt this character further, but the moves are really, really cool. <laughs> so I kind of want to see. I kind of want because he can possess people oh, yeah. or nice. use telekinesis or reach into their body and either harm or oh, heal wow. them. Yeah, so it's pretty. It's pretty out there. This is amazing. He can, he can, he can I'm a reach ghost. into people's nightmares. <laughs> Ooh, so <laughs> nice. So yeah, I mean, there's there's a reason why he's he's pretty on board with the deal that Marcus offers them for more information. Yeah, they make this deal with him that <laughs> when Isabella has dinner, she can eat from candy. Which <laughs> Augustus making the deal before Gandy <laughs> says yes to it is <laughs> that whole back and forth is just so good. It is. And yeah. the information that then they get from Marcus, mm-hmm. this goes back to what we were saying earlier, that he, he reiterates that idea that no one within the town should want to sour this deal. Widen the lens here and see who outside of Dry River may have some stake here. Look at things possibly like the church or like the law. Look at the things that might be making money off of the fact that they're not incorporated right now. All very interesting. And again, leads us to a bigger point, which Gandhi luckily being like, listen, if I'm going to take some bites for you later, I'm going to need a little bit more. And I love that she's the one to say... Mm-hmm. Marcus, what do you know about the Banshee? And cut to, again, the cinematic experience that they've given us without us seeing anything is so no amazing. Like, because so you can see it so well. Yeah, so yeah really... you go from there, boom, boom, boom. Now we're with Errol walking down Carrion Street to, mm-hmm. and they're nicely dressed, right? To almost gentlemen. Yes. Yeah. Come upon yeah. him. Yeah. Gentlemen thugs. Gentleman thugs, a gentle thug, shows up. Mm-hmm. And what do they even say? They essentially tell Errol that they they would like him to come with them. Okay. I didn't know if it was more cajoling than they, that. They politely oh, ask he, and then imply that no is not right. a possible response. Right. Because, yeah. yeah, time is of the essence and well. Well, and this is exactly where, right, when we tie back into it, we know this is what Griff was saying earlier, Errol knows the kind of chaotic person who might want to fuck this up. It's someone he's worked with. It's someone from whom he's trying to hide. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I don't remember, did Gandy work for the Banshee? Because I know Errol did. I thought, I had my notes written really confusingly, and I thought that Gandy worked for them as well, but it was not Gandy. It was Dar- Daria Cross, who's the wizard who tried to help Errol with his spell right. that went wrong. And she was then, as a result, kicked out and is also on the run with Errol. Right. 
but then so gandy asking i just couldn't remember if she also yeah, had some she she is hiding errol from the banshee That's it. so while he was on the run he contracted with her at some point in some fashion to, to hide him there from it them. is okay so she does have her point of reference for when she's focused in on marcus and asking him point blank what he knows about the banshee leaving us off on this baller cliffhanger is there anything else uh, we missed? Anything else we want to bring up? Hmm. I mean, right. I'm settled. Yeah. That's... I think we hit all my big stuff. Nice. Well, I, I just wanted to bring up at the be- the very, very mm-hmm. beginning when Errol is trying to come up with a, a, a metaphor and refers to the less delicious part of the <laughs> stick. I, I would like to formally request some fan art of half-transformed werewolf Errol with a stick in his mouth like a duck. (laughs) I love that. Maybe, you know, just like just a a little bit of chewing, kind of like having, you know, Farmer with a little bit of straw. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it keeps your teeth clean. (laughs) Got those sharp chompers. Exactly. Well, now that we've put it out into the universe, hopefully it comes back around. But for now, that's going to do it for us for this week. We do have one more question for you, dear listener. Do you fancy yourself a gambler? We'll have a pull-up over on Twitter, at RomancingZone. As always, thanks so much for listening, and we will see you next week. I'm Nell Bailey. I'm Brittany Bailey. And I'm Ann Kern. And we've been Romancing the Zone. (laughs) 